Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, in a previous program, we were talking about the tree of life that first appears in Genesis chapter 2 in the Garden of Eden, but then reappears at the very end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22. Yeah, Scott, and we discussed what it may have been like and what effects it could have had on Adam and Eve if and when they ate it. But we didn't have time to get to the references to the tree of life in the rest of the Bible. And as you pointed out, it appears at the very end of the Bible again. But between Genesis and Revelation, the only other book that mentions the tree of life is the book of Proverbs. So today, let's read in Revelation. Scott, go ahead and read the first of four times the tree of life is mentioned in the book of Revelation. That's in Revelation 2, 7. Okay, it's what Jesus says at the end of his letter to Ephesus. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So there it is, the tree of life which was first in the Garden of Eden when it was a paradise on earth. And now, here in John's vision, it exists in paradise in heaven. Remember what happened after Adam and Eve sinned? Were they able to eat from the tree of life? No, the Lord sent a cherubim with a flaming sword to prevent them from eating it. Exactly. Adam and Eve definitely did not have permission to eat from the tree of life any longer. And sadly... Since the Lord told Adam he was not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and Adam did anyway, God didn't leave it up to Adam to be obedient this time. God prevented him from eating from the tree of life. But now, in paradise, in heaven, what did the Lord Jesus say? To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life. Permission restored. And although we don't know for sure if Adam and Eve ate any of the fruit from the tree of life before they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I'm positive that everyone in paradise will be sampling the fruit that the tree of life produces in paradise. (laughs) For sure. Now, all three other references to the tree of life in Revelation are in chapter 22. But for context, we need to understand that chapter 21 is a very detailed description of the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem. Then at the beginning of chapter 22, there's a fascinating description of what seems to be in particular the new Jerusalem. I'll read verses 1, 2, and part of 3. And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. And on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall no longer be any curse. Amen. (laughs) Amen, indeed. You know, what's going on in the world today can be very disturbing and produce all sorts of anxieties in our hearts and minds. But look at what the Lord is going to do when this old world passes away. Believer, do you truly understand that our almighty creator God could have the power and wisdom to create the universe and everything we see in it, the sun, the moon, the stars, mountains, oceans, and all the glorious kinds of plants and animals in it? Then be assured, he can bring a new heaven and earth into existence as well. As he said, he will do it, and his word is absolutely trustworthy. 
Dr. Scripture, I can't help but notice the similarity between the description you just read of the New Jerusalem in Revelation chapter 22 and the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 2.9, it said, And out of the ground the Lord caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then in verse 10, it says, Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four rivers. So there's the tree of life, and there's a river flowing nearby. Oh, yes. But in keeping with the change in nature of the new heaven and earth, the water in that river in the New Jerusalem is described as a river of the water of life. So we have the water of life as well as the tree of life. And since it said that on either side of the river was the tree of life, there's more than one tree of life, unlike what was in the Garden of Eden where there was just one. Do you suppose that's because one tree was enough for Adam and Eve, you know, just two people, but in heaven there's going to be a whole lot more people, so God provides enough for everyone? (laughs) Well, that's a good thought, Scott. But given that idea, you notice verse 2 of Revelation 22 just said on either side of the river was the tree of life. Well, if there was just one on either side of the river, we might think that still wouldn't be very much. But there's a very interesting clue to the probability that there will be lots of trees of life on either side of the river. In the book of Ezekiel, of all places, the tree of life isn't mentioned by name, but I think we will see it is being described. The passage is in Ezekiel chapter 47. The Lord is showing Ezekiel a vision of the temple in the future. Now, it could be the one on earth in Jerusalem that exists during the millennium, but perhaps it's also a type of the new Jerusalem we've been reading about in Revelation, because there are several similarities between the vision of Ezekiel and John. In Ezekiel 47.1, it says, Then he brought me back to the door of the house. And behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east. Then the Lord shows him a few more things. And then continuing on at verse 6, it goes on to say, And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river, there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. And then there's a description of those trees in verse 12. And by the river on its bank... On one side and on the other will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear every month because their water flows from the sanctuary and their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. That's just like what it says about the tree of life in Revelation 22. That's right. Read Revelation 22 to again, Scott. On either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You know, those descriptions are so similar, it really sounds like, without naming it, Ezekiel is seeing a whole forest of trees of life. It certainly seems like it, doesn't it? Yep. So, as you pointed out, Scott, one tree of life would have been enough for Adam and Eve, but the Lord will provide as many as needed for all the people who will be in paradise. And those 12 different kinds of fruit produced each month will not only be delicious, they'll be healing for the nation. But, Dr. Scripture, I have a question about the places that have been described where the tree of life grows. It seems like in Ezekiel, it's on earth, I would assume during the millennium, 
But the ones in paradise that we read about in Revelation chapters 2 and 22 seem to be in the new Jerusalem, which is different from earth, isn't it? And if it's true that the tree of life is available during the millennium as well as in paradise in heaven, it would be enabling people living during the millennium to live forever. But you have stated before that people live long lives during the millennium, but not forever. Well, Scott, that is a great observation. And I, too, wondered about that. And I have to admit, I don't have an ironclad answer to it. But one suggestion I have is, remember I proposed that the tree of life just sustained life as long as it was eaten. It wasn't a magic potion, so to speak, that by taking a bite of its fruit, it instantly endowed a person with immortality. That's why it may have been possible for Adam and Eve to have eaten from the tree before they sinned. But after they sinned, God prevented them from being able to eat it any longer. Now, it's not spelled out for us in the Bible, but I guess as a biologist, I'm trying to figure out how the tree of life as an actual plant and source of food could have functioned. In any event, we're told the trees described in Ezekiel chapter 47, which sure sound like the tree of life, are for healing. And in Revelation 22, the leaves of the trees of life are also for healing, the healing of the nations. So now let's look at the other two mentions of the tree of life in Revelation 22. They're in verses 14 and 19. This is in the final warning and promise concerning eternal life in the Bible. And it's amazing then to realize the tree of life is depicted right in the heart of this passage. Let's start with verses 14 and 15. I'll read 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. Then I'll read verse 19. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of the prophecy, God shall take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Now, I do have to mention something about verse 19. If you're reading from a New King James or a King James Version, it says the book of life in verse 19, not the tree of life. And that's because the translators of the King James Version use what's called the Textus Receptus text. I'm not going to get into a discussion about the value or the virtues of the different texts that are used to translate the Bible. What we can be sure of is that in all versions, Verses 2 and 14 of Revelation 22 have the word tree of life. So isn't it intriguing that the Bible virtually begins and ends with the description of the importance of the tree of life? Surely the tree of life and the water of life are Jesus himself. But it is important to acknowledge that the Word of God also presents the tree of life as a physical entity. It existed in the Garden of Eden, and it exists in paradise. And it seems to even be available during the millennium. There certainly may be questions concerning the tree of life that we've got answered in our study here. Maybe questions that can't all be answered at all on this side of glory. But, you know, I do know this. I can hardly wait to taste the fruit of its branches in paradise someday. All 12 different kinds. (laughs) Yeah, a different fruit every month. And so we've considered what Genesis and Revelation say about the tree of life. And even what is very likely description of the tree of life without naming it in the book of Ezekiel. But I pointed out that there was one other book in the Bible that does mention the tree of life by name, and that's the book of Proverbs. 
So let's read what Proverbs has to say about it. In Proverbs 3.18, describing wisdom, it says, She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. Now, Scott, read Proverbs 11.30. Okay. The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he who is wise wins souls. Now read Proverbs 13.12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And the last one is Proverbs 15.4. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. Well, of each of those things, wisdom, the fruit of the righteous, desire fulfilled, and a soothing tongue, they're all compared to the tree of life. The idea being, they are all things which build life, sustain life. Bearing life and sustaining life is indeed what God created the tree of life to do way back at the beginning in the Garden of Eden. How wise it would have been if Adam and Eve had chosen to obey the Lord's command and not eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but they chose to disobey. Yet despite their rebellion and ours, our Creator has chosen to make a way back to the tree of life. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And this is what Jesus said in John six fifty seven: As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also shall live because of me. And that's not what I say. That's what Scripture says. 